welcome everyone. It's Cindy Silva on the Metaphysical Wisdom Podcast. And I'm here with Jason Campbell today. Hi, Jason. Cindy, good morning. Hey, <laughs> so good to see you. I was just uh, reminding Jason that he came to the rescue during the pandemic. I was looking for some Qigong classes online and he came up and I was really appreciating everything that Zen Wellness put out. And that's uh, zenwellness.com. And that's a uh, location uh, headquartered in Arizona, correct? Mm -hmm. In Phoenix area, yeah. Where you teach uh, Qigong, medical Qigong, um, lots of martial arts. Let's have you share a little bit about Zen wellness and then we'll launch into uh, whatever wants to be known. Well, I've been, uh, well, let, how about this? Let me go back. Uh, oh, 40 plus years. I'll, okay. I'll start with a little story because it ties into what we were just uh, talking about. So my, my next birthday is 53. And so at age eight, I began piano training. And I had a teacher that in my first lesson, she said to me, never ever listen to notes. Idiots listen to notes. Masters listen to the space in between the notes. Mm because when you listen to a note, you hear nothing. Your mind is clouded. When you listen to the gap or the space or the silence in between, your mind becomes clear and you hear everything. Mm -hmm. And so my entry point into music was just as a boy hitting a note, gong, and then listening to that note dissolve into nothingness, gong, and then hit another note and listening. And it wasn't until years later that I was formally trained, you know, in an ashram and we'd sit and we'd meditate for four hours at a time that I realized what I was doing was meditation because we didn't call it meditation. We just called it deep listening because at its most basic level, meditation is you're turning off the incessant stream of thinking the blah, 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 the monkey mind in the head just for a split second. And whether you turn it off for a microsecond or turn it off for a minute, turn it off for a day, turn it off for a year, it's all the same. It's just off for one, for one moment. And so you had mentioned we have a conversation and what evolves is the space in between and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some of the magic. And so what we do is, at Zen Wellness is ultimately at its most fundamental level, it's, well, it's the uplifting of the, of the human spirit, of the human, human condition. Okay, what are the skillful means? What are the tools we're going to use that? Well, if we go back to basics again, it, it, there's a very old concept called the three treasures, which I know you're very familiar with. And the words are Jing Chi Shan, which simply means you're made up of matter, energy, and consciousness. And the analogy I like to use is we have H2O, we have solid liquid vapor or ice, water, and mist. And the matter is everything you can touch, see, and feel. The chi is the prana, the breath, the ki, the gi, the emotion, everything that runs through that, you know, call it that energetic, we can call it a channel or vibration. It's, it's the water, it's the chi, and then the, the mist is the consciousness, the thought, the eternal I am. And so sometimes we say, you know, harmonize the three or align the three. 
because then there's this magic three. There's the, the three types of meditation, sitting, standing, and moving. And when you do the Qigong, the Tai Chi, or any type of movement, we have breath, movement, and intention, and that we're aligning the three. So our training, we have breath work, we do meditation, we do uh, movement, we have Zoom trainings, we have you know online trainings, we have live trainings, we have a retreat, we have bricks and mortar. So we've I mean, we've been doing this for for decades, and you know different decades it shows up different ways. Like in the pandemic, you know, all of a sudden it showed up uh, in a certain way, and we had a lot of people joining us and training together and doing the work, doing the work together. Um, but these are just skillful means, and we we go pretty deep into the you know into the medicine that those are those that are interested. And for some people, it's just breathe, <laughs> just breathe for 30 minutes <laughs> and put mind intent into your breath and do real deliberate breath work. Uh, but then we can go pretty deep into the uh, into the program. I just love the program. It just was so comprehensive and a lot of the structures that you shared and I would love to share in our conversation today have to do with cycles. And in fact, let me share this book um, called Zen Wellness Journey Around the Sun written by you and Michael Leone um, and Jim Moulton. It was just um, just a beautiful book. I mean, it's so well illustrated. And um, the one diagram in here is about the journey around the sun that takes us through a lifetime of 108 years. And I've used that in my other work with people as I do consultations on human design. Mm. I first want to know what phase of life they're in and that's the yeah. best for everything that I share right because um it's that's what's most applicable because just like we want to eat with the season and move with the season we want to live in the season of life that we're in especially in a culture where we get conditioned to stay in that fire season our whole life and just right. be active 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 right we're we're evolved, you know, our form is evolving to adapt to some of the more um, seated and standing poses. And if we aren't integrating that, we're not getting the full, uh, or we're not giving consciousness the full capacity of this form and the full attention that it deserves to expand through and root into presence. So, I'm really excited that you're willing to go through that with us. And um, you're such an easy guest because you, you're just full of wisdom and um, you speak my language and I'm excited to. Well, we'll see. And, and let's speak into that. So I'll even back up. So when we say five elements, so how we like to wood, fire, earth, metal, water, not literal wood, not literal fire. It's the metaphor for the repeating pattern of five. The masters of thousands of years ago looked around through observation, contemplation, and meditation, saw, hey, there's this repeating pattern. Things just show up at five. Look at your fingertips. Look at your toes. Look around. And if we even the decimal system is the, is the five with yin and yang. And if you go into the whole medicine system, we have, you know, you know, five, five sets of organs. And so with the patterns, we just gave it a name, wood, fire, earth, metal, water, but let's not get stuck in the name. So we can think of it as you have germinating, flowering, fruiting, falling, rotting. Ah, okay. And that just cycles. And then, and then that repeats. Uh, we have, you know, different emotions that hang out in the different organs. And if so, with the five elements, so we have wood, that would be the liver. Well, hey, anger hangs out in the liver and the color 
of anger is green. And then shock hangs out in the heart and the color of that of shock is red and earth is worry, stomach and spleen. And the color of worry is yellow. And then metal um, hangs out in the lungs. And that's where we have grief is in the lungs. And then water is the kidneys. That's where we hold, we hold fear. And since I know I just said a lot in a, in a short amount of time, but that's the idea of this repeating pattern. So now if we look at it, let's look at it, take the same like matrix and look at it over a lifetime. And we're just going to go with 108 years. Okay. Maybe longer, maybe less, even new technology in the next 20, 30 years, maybe will be longer, but that's kind of an old concept of, of yeah. 108. Let me share, let me share the diagram. Would that be helpful? Yes, please. Okay. There you go. Can you see that? Perfect. Yep. Yep. So we have, okay, zero to eight, let's call that springtime. And that's every, or germinating, everything is shooting up, everything is sprouting. Uh, you have a two year old, a week later, you look at the same two year old, they look different. <laughs> in the, we're going to call that the wood phase. Then when we get to eight to 33, the, the first one is eight years, and the next four ones are, are 25 years. So that eight to 33 is early summer. I like to call that, look at me, what I'm going to be. And that's when you're coming into your potential. And that's, you, you do a lot of the, well, you, you do a lot of work. If you're gonna do physical training, that's the real heavy athletic uh, time for physical training. And then that leads into the earth phase. We call it late summer, 33 to 58. A lot of life work gets done with that. Usually, not always, but that's like your 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 career years, your family years, that type of thing. But also, what happens in the earth phase? See, wood and fire like go upward. Earth is flat, and metal and water fall. So when you're 12 or even 20, usually you're still growing. I mean, not all the time, but but your body is still growing, and even physically. Like a eight-year-old's gonna probably get stronger whether they do any type of exercise or not, just because they're still they're still growing. You start to hit that early 30s, early season change. Well, you got to be careful. You got to do something for your body and be nice to it because otherwise it it like it flattens out. And so we call that the Earth phase, the late summer. Uh, and then you get into the fall, which is 58 to 83, and literally things start to fall. Your skin starts to fall, organs start to fall, people start to fall. Mm. And we, we call that metal. And one of the principles, you start to hit the late 50s, is you, you gotta start cutting away everything that doesn't serve you. That's a cutting time. Because uh, otherwise it will hold you down. Um, so you gotta, be, you gotta be light, or as light as you can as things start to get heavy in that phase. And then we have 83 to 58, we call that water or winter. And that's ultimately preparation for death and all of eternity. And one of the teachings there is give away everything you have. And it doesn't just mean material, but with your wisdom, with your knowledge, anything you can give away before you die, well, do it. I mean, and that, that was a real short flyover of this five <laughs> element chart because there's patterns within it and the 25 years is a long phase. So there's, yeah. you can break each of those down into five, uh, you know, wood of water, et, et cetera. But that's the real short uh, definition. Wow, thank you for that. It's really helpful. And then say something about um, transitioning back from water to wood because that, you know, it seems like one of the things that we're, 
losing in our culture is where the elders um, connect with the youth, the young, mm -hmm. the sprouting and pass yeah. that wisdom on. And, you know, the, the tribal sort of communal energy of circulating wisdom from one generation to the next, we seem to be losing that connection. And I feel like because it is a circle, it doesn't end there, even though maybe a physical life ends, but the um, consciousness goes on. Right. And it gets passed through genetically to the next generation. So that's an important piece there um, that I think gets missed. Is there anything you want to say about that? Well, we have a saying that it's not your shirt, it's the shirt you wear. Okay, it's not your car, it's the car you drive. And, and I'm not talking a legal version. Oh, sure, legally, this is my shirt. Nobody else owns my shirt because this is mine. But at some point, me and this shirt are going to part ways. At some point, you know, you and your car put your part ways. So it's not your car, it's the car you drive. It's not your house, it's the house you live in. But we can even take that a step further and we can say, hey, it's not your body. It's the body you live in, you live in because at some point you give the body back. And so it's, we have this strange lease agreement with our body. So you come in and you get this, you get issued this big bag of bones, meat, flesh, levers, pulleys, circuit board, and you, you know, and a little dollop of consciousness gets to hang out in this, in this body. It doesn't come with a manual. You don't know when the expiration date is, but you do know at some point you give it back. And so when you can create a little bit of separateness between you and your stuff, you and your things, well, that just makes you a little, like a little lighter. It creates a little gap. And we can even take that from an emotional viewpoint. Instead of saying, I am angry. Well, that's actually not correct. You're not angry. You're a little dollop of consciousness temporarily residing in form. The truth is, you might have anger type energy running through you. Ah, okay, because that's very real when you feel anger, yes, but you're not angry, you just have anger energy running through you. And even that little change in how you're thinking about it or the viewpoint creates space between you and the emotion. And when you have space, it becomes much easier to respond instead of react. And whatever the emotion is just gets a little bit lighter because there's space in it. Yeah. So and back to the cycle though, yes, everything cycles through. And if you can teach or give away, you know, what you know, um, well, that's powerful. I, I strongly suggest it. And there's an infinite amount of ways to do that. It's like, there's many paths up the mountain. doesn't matter how you get there. Just get up the mountain. <laughs> It reminds me of a lot of things. You're bringing up so much for me. Um, first, I had a teacher who would say, perspective isn't everything. It's the only thing. And so what you're saying is it's all perspective. Yeah, how we see, like we can be experiencing anger or fear. If we say I'm angry and I'm fearful, then we're sort of stuck in that. We're identifying with it. But if we can say I'm experiencing anger, I'm experiencing fear we can let it move through us like a river yeah that's right like watching clouds pass yeah like the weather hey it's gonna pass if you have anger in you it it, it will pass and, and part of the mastery and one of the things we we teach is that how quickly can you return to center 
because look, you're going to get thrown off center. And actually, if you really think about this, like being centered, we say, oh, I want to be centered or this person is so centered, they're centered. Well, what creates a center? And the answer is being thrown off it. So in order to be centered, you have to leave the center. Otherwise, the center can't exist. So all these things in your life that are pulling you off from your center, actually, if you look at it, they can be your best friend because without them, you wouldn't be centered. Um, it's kind of the same way how we look at, let's say disease or germs, you know, and especially ger this is very topical because there's all, there's a lot of germ fear right now of germs going around. So we say, okay, you're a germ. You want to get inside me. You want to whatever set up, set up shop. Okay. Well, I can look at you and look at you as the enemy. And I can say it's the war on this disease and it's the war on that disease. That's one viewpoint. But what if we looked at it and said, okay, you're trying to, I mean, whether it's a scary one or not, let's just say a, a cold, a common cold. Let's go easy here. You're trying to get inside of me right now. And because you're trying to get inside of me, forces me to have an immune system. Hmm. Well, from like universal viewpoint, you, the, the, the cold, the germ have a right to exist. And so do I exist is just Latin. It just means to stand out. So you exist, I exist, but you're trying to set up shop inside of me, which forces me to have an immune system. But if I didn't have an immune system, I wouldn't exist. So in a funny sort of way, you make me exist. Like, huh. Okay. So actually we're, maybe we're best friends here. Maybe we can peacefully coexist. Now, does it mean you get to set up shop in my, in my home? No, no, no. You don't, you don't let all, you don't let everyone jump in your bed. You know, so let's have a little boundary here. You stay over there. I stay over here. We'll peacefully coexist, but it's a different mindset than creating a war or I need to kill you or I need to eradicate you because you're trying to get inside of me. So it's kind of that same, it's like a little shift in it. And it's so the emotions flow through you and Hey, if you're happy all the time, you're never happy. Happiness can only exist with its opposite. If everything was blue, nothing is blue. So, and actually in order to experience happiness, you need a little dollop of the opposite of it, whatever word we're going to give to the opposite of happiness. We can probably think of a couple words and the words don't even matter. So we have this, you know, there's a, um, you know, really peacefully coexisting, but Hey, happiness can't exist without its opposite. Hot can't exist without cold. Beauty can't exist without ugly. If everything was beautiful, nothing would be beautiful. Yeah. So you need its opposite to create it. Yeah, exactly. The yin and yang and it, and I'm just, I'm seeing the whole wheel of the I Ching that I work, you know, we both work with the I Ching and um, the way I work with it, you know, through like the book of changes, it's moving through an entire season of each of these hexagrams where it's a different combination of yin and yang. And at some point you go to all yang, which is heaven. Yeah. Then another point you go to all yin, which is earth. And so we are designed to move through cycles that do ebb and flow and sometimes to extremes. Yeah, and that's right. That's yeah. right. And, and, and with the boy, the, the, the I Ching there, there's a vast subject and a vast, <laughs> vast topic. And, but very simply the I Ching is the observation of patterns 
and just seeing patterns and, and ultimately stacking yin and yang. And so we have to give it a name, you know, the three yang lines. Uh, well, saying yang of yang of yang is confusing. So we're going to call it heaven. But even the word heaven can be confusing because you, you ask 10 people heaven and everyone's going to already have a different idea about what heaven is. So hence the limitation of words. We're trying to con uh, describe these topics with five vowels and compressed air. Fuh, 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 sha, that, <laughs> words. So it can be very limited. And that's why, um, I mean, just once you see the symbols and you can look at a symbol, ultimately you, the, 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 you look at the symbols and you transcend the words. It's yeah. like the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. How, how do you describe a picture? Or if you, you have a bite of some food, well, not so easy to really describe the food. The words are very, very limited. You have to uh, experience it. And, and the I Ching is a lot of the same way. It's like you, you can experience it without words, um, and it just becomes a different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. And your uh, other amazing work is Zen music where you compose and perform piano, uh, working with the I Ching, and it's just beautiful. And you have a brand new album out called New Opera. Yeah. Just really want to give you an opportunity to speak about it, because I know this is a big passion for you. You've just put out so much music recently and uh, you're really on a roll with it. And um, I'm curious how, I, I don't, um, read music or produce music so this would be new language for me but how are you translating the I Ching into music it, maybe, it seems like it's an obvious um connection there but i i can't see it well you know and i'll tell you what i'll work backwards i'll start with the album that just came out i, I do a new album the fourth friday of every month i i release a new album and the one that just came out uh is new opera and with that album, what I did is I said, okay, what would happen if we turn opera on its head? Like, let's just flip it upside down. Traditionally, opera is an external drama that expands. So what if we looked at your internal drama and dissolved it? So go the other way. And that's done through deep listening. And then the tools I used, uh, this album was piano and voice. We used Vedic mantra. Uh, and I put it together with a like, kind of like a five element construct. And I have an unbelievably beautiful singer on this one. She's an opera singer. That's where the name New Opera came from, is again, flipping it on its head. And so with this album, and there's another new opera album coming out in a, in, in a couple months. So with this one, uh, the idea is you close your eyes and listen to the space. Listen to the space in between as and Eve's voice is really what you want to do here. So that one was Vedic. Um, and here, I'll, I'll tell you a, a, kind of a funny story about how the I Ching music and the Zen piano came, came about. So I had um, as the real fast version. I was trained in all the musical arts as a kid, and I went to music school. But I took about 20 years off doing anything professionally to do all my Zen training and all my medicine training and raise a family and run a business and all the sword training and all that. And when I came back to music about a decade ago, I said, okay, what, what's going to be my approach here? And I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I, sometimes you start something not knowing where the ending is in the beginning. Let's just take one step and take one step. And so I said, well, I, I speak this language, the five elements in the whole Taoist language and the Vedic language, and I know the language of music. Let's put it together. 
So the first nine albums were really teaching the five elements. And when we used them, and we still use them in all of our classes, there's a bell every four seconds and you do the breath to the bell or you do movement to the bell. So they're very timed. They're, they're like a stylized timer. But the mystery of the elements or the teaching is in the music, like wood sprouts, fire disperses, earth is flat and sweet. Uh, metal goes down with a little bit of grief and then water flows. And so there's all that teaching in the music. And so as I evolved, I said, okay, I'm going to do a cycle of nine albums. I don't know what it's going to look like. The only thing I know is the ninth album is going to be different than the eighth because nine is like the, the, the mystical number. You, you walk around the Bagua, the octagon, and then the ninth is like going up a dimension. Okay. And I made the arc based on Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. So there's a, a bunch of stuff that I put in it. So I remember finally, I remember where I was. And I, this, uh, I don't know how many years ago, a couple of years back. And I finished it. I did, I did the nine. And it's like once you do, it wasn't released yet, but the ninth album, once, once the master is done, then it's done. It's a lock. Then it's just a matter of release date. I was done. And I remember, ah, okay, I'm done. I don't have to write anymore. I'm finished. <laughs> Nine albums is enough. I, I'm going to focus on something else. I did it. And about an hour later, a voice in my head said, score the I Ching. I said, no, I'm not going to score the I Ching. I don't want to score the I Ching. I know how much work that is. Score the I Ching. No, I'm not going to score the I Ching. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm too much work. I'm going to relax. I'm going to do nothing. Well, you know, 120 albums later, here we are, you know, sc score, scoring the I Ching. <laughs> and if you start to go deep into it, if you, if you look at even the, the structure, all the numerics in music and the I Ching is the same. You have the, I mean, you have the five elements, the pentagonic scale, you have the eight trigrams, you have the, you know, the eight, eight notes, you got the 12. So you have, you know, five, eight, and 12, and that's all in the music. And so all I did really, it's actually kind of simple. I, um, it took about a year. I created a Rosetta stone. So a Rosetta stone with the eight main themes of the eight trigrams, because then you stack them as two to the sixth power. Then three variations, matter, energy, consciousness, you know, Jing Chi Shun. So it was like 24 basic themes. And then it kind of writes itself. When I say it writes itself, you see there, there, there's the old Taoist riddle. What's the closest number to infinity? The answer is, of course, zero. And so how do you get to infinity? You have to go to zero. See, God is infinite. Our minds are finite. The finite can't understand the infinite. So trying to understand God is a futile, you know, process. You can feel God, you can experience God, you can even know God in the way that you can, but not in a mind sort of way. So how do you get to everything? Well, the shortcut is you go to nothing. And so there's a creative process of dropping down into nothing. And when you go to nothing, everything exists. So that's really the, the, the creative process. I'll just sit and just wait and go to the nothing. And then at some point, sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. Something comes out. Now, it doesn't mean that everything I would call good or that I use. I, it's like, you know, I, I have to go through a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Um, but, that's, but that's the process. And so the, the process and then with the I Ching music, that boy, that's really, really evolved. There's, I have like study music. I have uh, pet music. Uh, I recorded. I have a little pet speaker. 
it was 24 hours of music. It was recorded with my dog under the piano. That's the best seat in the house, by the way. And the grand piano is underneath until my dog sits there and then just chills out while I, while I, while I do it uh, and play. I have a, a bunch of sleep music. Um, I have a lot of that actually on YouTube. And I, I, I have a bunch of, um, I, I write sleep music for, for some sleep companies as well. And so that has, the Zen piano has just completely uh, evolved and expanded like like way beyond anything i thought that it would be but at its essence you come down to listen to the space in between the notes it's not about the note it's about the space and each song in all the albums just tells one of the stories of the hexagrams and usually in some of the changing lines just depending on depending on it so it, it goes through so there's a teaching underneath it there's a conscious teaching, but you don't need to know that. that that's not the point of the, the, the experience. It's about listening to the space. And I can remember a few years later in my, in my training, I was still a kid. I said to my teacher, okay, listening to the space, but what if there's a lot of notes? What if, what if it's fast? There's no space. And she looked at me. She was a Russian woman, really intense. She's like, oh, why do you ask me such stupid questions? <laughs> I was just a kid. And then she said, Listen to the space underneath and dial in. And it's there. Like if you're in a lot of noise, you can dial in to the silence underneath it because sound can't exist without silence. It's like you have a canvas. The painting can't exist without the canvas. A lot of times you don't look at the canvas, but you need the canvas. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you don't hear the silence, but you need the silence underneath yeah i love that it reminds me of my own practice with qigong and that there is the activity of breathing and moving and intentionally visualizing and all the parts to qigong and then there's the consciousness that's experiencing that through the movement through the awareness right like i'm not the doer I, I'm the doer but I'm also being done through and when I put my attention on that which is doing through me and um, seeing through my eyes and feeling through my hands that's the silence right that's right and that yeah. shows up in an infinite amount of ways mm -hmm. and dialing into the stillness and really see we have these two lobes these brain lobes and then in the middle we have a pineal gland and you can think of the pineal gland as the antenna to God. And so we can say, well, okay, let's strengthen the antenna. Well, that's one viewpoint, but actually a faster way is just lessen the surrounding noise. Mm -hmm. Think of a little tiny transistor radio trying to dial in a signal and you have all this static and all this interference, which is the brain in the thought activity. When you can quiet the brain and still the mind, and we say, chain the monkey to the tree, which is the monkey mind, knowing that the monkey is a master locksmith. It's going to escape. We know that. But when you can drop that down, then the, you, it's like part of activating that pineal gland. And then you can listen. Because the, the language of God is silence. A, a funny story, when I, when I did my chakra album, my seven chakras, and, and if I go Taoist, we say the, the seventh chakra is divinity. And the seventh chakra is one over one infinity, infinity, infinity of an inch 
over the your top of your head. So it's as close as it could possibly be without actually touching. And that's why the old Taoists wear the top knots so that they have a part of them in heaven. And so when I did the seventh chakra, I, I sent to the publisher, it was five minutes of silence. Like all the other songs, one through six, had all this music and it was five minutes and the seventh was silence. And they sent it back. They said, hey, your, your track is wrong. <laughs> I, I sent it back to him, silence. I said, what are you doing? Your track is wrong. I said, oh, oh no, it's perfect. I said, what do you mean? It's silent. I said, right, it's the language of God. They said, well, this doesn't make any sense. I said, oh no, this is actually the greatest song ever written. <laughs> 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 they didn't buy it. Said, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, oh, okay. So I wrote something. So <laughs> if you look at the album, I did write something for the seventh, but you have to know it's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> me of, I have a friend who's a musician and um, she made this a beautiful, um, she shared something with me beautifully that I'll never forget. She said, I was sitting by the river and I caught a song. Hmm. Yeah. She was in that silence. Yeah. Just like you had that inspiration to score the I Ching, right? Like there was some, somehow, whatever noise that's usually there went away. It's like these epiphanies that we have. And then the the mind or the ego wants to come in and claim I'm like oh I had this idea. Mm. But the reality is the the idea came through because the mind was out of the way. <laughs> it wasn't the mind who had the idea. Yeah, see that's really profound. See, since the beginning of time, anyone that creates anything, and I'm going to use the word artist, but sometimes we think of artists as like painting or music or something. I mean, I mean it, it, you can be an artist in whatever, whatever work you do. It's kind of cool if you consider yourself an artist. So any artist since the beginning of time, after they do something really awesome, has always had the same type of reaction, many different words, many different ways of saying, but at its essence, it's the same. And the reaction is, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> you know, like, what? Like you're looking at something, where did this come from? And again, we can, okay, we can answer that question, but before we do that, we can definitely with 100% certainty know where it didn't come from and it didn't come from you. <laughs> it didn't. It came through you, yeah. but it didn't come from you. And so when your friend says, I caught a song, well, that, that's actually profoundly accurate. <laughs> There's many ways we can look at that. I caught it, it came through me, I channeled it, uh, however it is, but it's very limited. The mind's not gonna create that. It, you have to get out of the way and then just let it, and let it roll, whatever your art is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what I love about spontaneous conversation where there's no script. It's more just opening to the free flow and exchange. And um, I believe it was David Bohm who said, consciousness is seeking a form that allows its fullest expression. And that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's 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 where, uh, you know, it's like unconscious, you know, form and consciousness working to be uh, for like consciousness uses form or spirit uses form to become conscious spirit. So we can think of it that way. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. And how do we like practices like music and Qigong and the other things that people find that bring them into a state where there's less noise. Yeah. Less These are yeah. all ways to refine the instrument for 
consciousness to have more freedom and bandwidth here. Yeah. Well, it's estimated we have between, oh, 50,000 and 80,000 thoughts a day and 99% of them are the same thoughts we had yesterday. So most of the thoughts that we have, we don't need. When I was a teenager, I said to my martial art instructor, I said, what is Zen? He looked at me and then he sidekicked me, hit me really hard, flying across the room. I hit the back of the wall kind of in a daze. He smiled and walked away. Like, ah, oh, okay. See, because in that moment, I realized later, I was completely in the now as <laughs> I was flying across the dojo. There was no past. There was no future. There was only now. I even had a word for it called something like, uh, or something. <laughs> that was my Zen word <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> and, and what a brilliant yeah. teaching. Again, this was the eighties, so a different time period, but he didn't use words to explain it. I asked him what Zen was, and he put me in the Zen state right then, right there in the now. I still remember it. I, I would guess if he had used words in that moment, I wouldn't be telling the story. I wouldn't still remember it, but I remember that sidekick. Mm, being present. Yeah, it reminds me of a quote. Oh, I can't remember the master, but it was from the Orient, and he said, Bring me a man who has forgotten all words so that I may have a word with him. Mm, right. <laughs> oh, these are just so great to remind yeah. us of, yeah, how we can't get at things with the mind. We can just drop into surrendering Yeah, what's underneath that. If you remember the movie Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, that was actually, there's a wonderful like Taoist teaching in Groundhog Day because he got into a karmic loop of resistance mm -hmm. and the resistance repeated the day and the movie was funny. So it's actually repeated a little day, but the metaphor is you repeat with resistance, you repeat. And I'm, I saw the movie decades ago, but there was in the third act of the movie, uh, the Bill Murray character said something to the effect of, okay, this moment is enough. This moment is enough. And that was the dropping of the resistance into the allowing the why have you forsaken me to not my will, but thy will be done. And the moment he made that transition, everything he touched turned to gold. Everything he all of his encountering, he just lit up the entire room, dropping that resistance into allowing. Mm dissolving yeah i see that dissolving the small self to become the large part of the flow of the larger yeah yeah and to be in that's wonderful and you yeah i'm i'm really excited to um stay in touch with you and look at your chart because i feel like we're gonna see um you have an amazing pattern recognition very fascinating these people that have pattern recognition see the um, the nesting dolls of reality, the, the microcosm in the macrocosm, and can, um, you know, leverage that for creating these sutras between the planes of reality. So it's really fascinating to witness and hear that through your conversation. Yeah, well, there's that old saying with one lesson, learn 10,000 lessons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, th I think of, it's real simple. You have this, it's like seeing the matrix. 
And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And there's just a few simple principles between yin yang, the three treasures, the five elements, the six energies, the eight trigrams, um, you know, or you know, seven chakras and, and a few other things, but it's really not that complicated. And once you see it, you can't unring that bell. And so you just see things like that, and then you start to see patterns. And then um, even behavior becomes predictable. See, even if we go back to the five, you know, wood, fire, earth, metal, water, well, even pop music, I want you, I need you, I miss you, let's party in social commentary. And it just works on, a, <laughs> on this pattern. <laughs> that goes around whatever the time period is okay and that that works and you can even see it you see it in colors and uh you know and you can even get into charts your you know some of your some of your karmic there's you know nature nurture uh versions of it but there's even body shapes of different elements that you're gonna have different strengths and different weaknesses so you thought there's no such thing as good or bad in the five elements because it's easy to think oh we have sprouting flowering fruiting falling and rotting well rotting is bad and flowering is good well that's a very naive way of, of looking at it because without the rotting the flowering can't exist right. so you need all of them um without what we said earlier you know we, the only happiness can only exist with its opposite if everything's happy nothing's happy if everything's blue nothing is blue so you need its opposite you need to be thrown off center to create the center mm -hmm. so it's easy to say oh all these people throwing me off center you know wham 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 self-pity 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 okay or you can judo flip that thinking and say wow i'm so grateful to you because you create my center and if it wasn't for you or this situation or this circumstance throwing me off i couldn't be centered so actually i'm grateful now do you say that in your outside the head voice maybe probably not <laughs> it's probably an inside the head voice yeah. you just have to be practical as to the circumstance maybe not in the moment and, maybe in hindsight <laughs> yeah yeah and and also sometimes you just it just might come across very strange to, to actually say that to someone but you can think it and that creates a lightness then yeah. it, what really what you just said about like that resistance um dropping the resistance and we can use different words we can use the word surrender we can use the word allow we can use the word um uh, find a state of grace like being in a state of grace uh you can sometimes it's also referred to as a flow state oh i'm in a flow state but what creates a flow state well the answer is stagnation so stagnation is actually your best friend I mean, it's not your friend, but it is your friend. We, it's what we do in Qigong. We're removing stagnation, but stagnation is what creates the flow. So it's okay. We're going to get stagnated. The chi the, the is going to stagnate. The blood's going to stagnate. Your thoughts are going to stagnate. Everything has to stagnate in order for it to flow. So tell more about that. So is stagnation, is it the, the removing of the stagnation that um, creates the flow? Or how, what, how are you relating stagnation? To Boy, that? you know, it, it, the answer to that is it, you can, there's a few different ways you can think of that and whatever gets you there. Okay, I'll, I'll give you another, another story. I seem to be telling childhood stories today. But uh, I have an uncle who is an artist and has this big art studio. 
and he does these like giant murals and I was a I was a teenager and he said to me he goes you know there's this big mural of like this flowing grass and he said look at look at that right there he's pointing to the grass he goes what do you see I said grass it's really no what do you see look closely I said uh green he's like no look closely uh flow and movement no look closely uh jade <laughs> no 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 I didn't get the answer right and finally he said to me the absence of red struck me like a lightning bolt so because if we take every color that exists and we pull out the red you have green so do you see the green or do you see the absence of red siddhartha the first buddha 25 ish hundred years ago was asked the question what is enlightenment and his response was the removal of suffering Ah, so if I take you, I reach in there and I pull out all the suffering, which is just a, some combination of attachment, resistance, and judgment. Then what's left is enlightenment. So sometimes we can call that addition through subtraction. <laughs> it's not about adding something. It's about the removal of something. The removal of the incessant stream of thinking opens up the pineal gland. So we can think of it one way. It's yes, we're removing stagnation is one viewpoint and that viewpoint works. Mm -hmm. um, other viewpoint we can look is, hey, you're just going to pump the chi. You're going to pump the life, pump your ankles, like bounce up and down on the ankles because that helps the heart and that pumps all the blood and it pumps the chi. And we want the chi from the big toe to work its way into the pinky. Mm -hmm. And so both paradigms work and i would just say whatever gets you there <laughs> run with that <laughs> okay. jason you're amazing i know you have an appointment coming up in five minutes so i'm gonna have to let you go and um really just appreciate your generosity your wisdom and for coming into my life at the time that you did it was just um been a delight i've been integrating things i've learned from you and sharing them with my students and um, so your influence is um, really effective and your music is beautiful and I just love getting your newsletters. I'll put all the links to the uh, ways to reach out and connect with Jason in the description of this video. And again, um, just appreciate your wisdom, your presence, your generosity and your creativity. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Cindy. This was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> thank you for uh, having me. Oh, my pleasure. Let's do it again. I look forward to it. All right. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone.